0: To the Benefits Corner podcast. Thanks for joining us. With each episode, we'll be speaking with business owners, thought leaders, and top performers. Our goal is to provide our audience with interesting, relevant information as it relates to employee benefits, Canadian health care, and running a business. Now, we should say up front that the views expressed by our guests are not necessarily those shared by the Benefits Corner nor its host. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get started. Today's show is brought to you by ARIA Benefits, modern advisors backed by experience and technology. Now, here's your host, Robin Bailey.
1: everyone welcome back to the benefits corner hope your day is going well i've been meaning to have this podcast for quite a while i'm actually become really big fans of these guys tim kane and steve McEwen, of a company out of calgary called my hsa and this has really come off the back of a ton of clients and prospects that i meet asking about healthcare spending accounts and of course the world has become a little more complicated with wellness accounts or personal spending accounts flex plans, hybrid plans. So we really dig into the ins and outs of all these acronyms, why it makes sense for an employer, what's in it for an employee, and how we can leverage technology to make that experience or that employee engagement a little bit better along the way. Really enjoy talking to these guys. I hope you enjoy it. All right, so we're live. Oh, well, I, guess, I guess we're live, Tim and Steve, but it won't be live by the time people are listening to this. But for us, hey... We're live here today. So, as I said in the intro, today's guests are Tim Kane and Steve McEwen from MyHSA. And I got to congratulate you guys, first of all, for starting your own podcast. So, you guys have a podcast called Tech Benefits HR. And congrats on, on jumping into the podcast world. And how's your experience been so far? It's been unreal. Actually, this is a brainchild of Steve
2: and uh, one of our marketing people in MyHSA, HSA. To do a podcast and in fact i thought i was just going to be a fly on the wall and jump into a couple of the podcasts but as steve sometimes he he says he has a hard time getting a word in edgewise because of me interrupting them and it's because i i just love doing them and i love talking to people it's a very interesting way to learn you don't talk to people anymore you uh you do a podcast with people and ask them to come on their podcast. So it's become this cool form of communicating and asking questions that are hard to ask on a, on a normal basis.
1: And you really hit the nail on the head. I mean, you do it because you love it. You love having those conversations. You know, when I was at a meeting recently and another, another broker said, hey, how much business or how many new sales are you getting out of the podcast? And I kind of looked at him and said, you know, you're kind of missing the point. That's not what it's about. I mean, if you're looking to drive your business and make new sales, there are probably other avenues you could better spend your time doing than podcasting. You know, podcasting is one of those things where you have to do it if you love it. And I joke around with my wife. And thankfully, this isn't the case. You know, our our listenership has grown substantially uh, over the last you know, 20 podcasts or so. But I would do it even if nobody was listening because she promised me she would listen to everyone. So, but I think it's one of those things where you have to do it because you enjoy it. And of course, if business comes to that, well, that's that's just gravy on, on top of it, right?
2: Yeah. I just wanted to mention, Robin, that when I used to own my property and casualty insurance company, the coolest thing of what I did on a day to day basis is that being in insurance, you got to be exposed to all the different business owners who love to tell a story. And when I'd walk in there, the first thing I'd say is, tell me about your business. And now being a digital company with my HSA, we don't really have that privilege a lot anymore. So the podcast is a great way to do what I used to do on a podcast. You tell ask a business owner, what's your business about? And they get to sit there and tell you. And there's nothing really that does that. And from me, I get drive off of whether I'm learning Anything from anybody, and I—it's—it's I, it's just so neat that I get to be able to do that with a podcast setting. So yeah, get to, its going back to old school roots.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you know, we we could probably talk this whole time about podcasting, yeah. but I, but I think we'll lose people unless they're interested in podcasting, of course. Reason why I wanted to have you guys on—you guys, as of late in the last you know year, year and a half that we've met, have become my go-to experts in the industry with all things healthcare spending accounts wellness accounts that sort of thing. So, I was hoping we could pick your brain a bit because you know, if if I go back and and I'll just mention where I where I got in contact with you and I, and I've said this for a long time, the best part of our business is the people you get to meet along the way. And one of the people that I'm very grateful for meeting is Howard Kettner, who put me in touch with you guys. So I have to thank Howard. And again, of course, that was off a podcast. So we'll just give kudos to podcasts as much as we can. But I started reaching out to you guys. And I've mentioned this on previous episodes. Ten years ago, some of my associates in the States were talking about healthcare spending accounts, HSAs, and said, Rob, prepare yourself. Here's what's coming. And there were crickets. Nothing happened until I would say the last 18 months and then healthcare spending accounts. All of my clients wanted to at least have a conversation around it. Maybe not all of them implementing it, but certainly I think with changing demographics in Canada, the old days of hey, you know what, just give me the same old traditional plan that my dad had, my brother had, my uncle had, is starting to change. So I think people were starting to look into, hey, what are these things? And then to make it a little more confusing for my client and prospects out there are, we got into PSAs or WSAs, you know, wellness accounts, personal spending accounts. So this continued to grow and I think it was very timely to sit down with my go-to guys in the industry, your company, my HSA. and I think you guys have done an excellent job of making it a lot more accessible for both employers and employees, putting that in a digital uh, platform, and really provide guys like me out there a platform to make it very easy to go talk to a client. So I was hoping I could pick your brain and start at the, the very beginning, start with the basics. What is an HSA, guys, and how does it work?
0: So it's Steve here talking now. So HSA, is, it's, it's a really basic concept that's been around, I believe, when Paul Martin was the uh, finance minister in the 80s is when they introduced it. But basically, it's just a way in the Income Tax Act to allow employers to offer employees a lump sum value that's tax free when they go to use it. And what they did was they, instead of creating a separate allowable expense item list, they just piggybacked off of the medical expense tax credit. So whatever you can personally deduct with the medical exempt tax credit is the same list that we abide by under an HSA, also known as a PHSP. That's the one thing that everyone's done is there's tons of acronyms for these things. But generally speaking, everyone just calls them HSAs. And it's basically a way to allow employers to offer the benefit that basically covers a really, really wide range of health, dental, and vision-related expenses.
1: Okay. So if I'm describing it to clients as a bank account of benefit dollars that your employees can use for allowable expenses, is that appropriate? well yeah i mean i just want to jump in there a little bit it
2: is definitely money that's allowed given to the employer to the employee or allocated to them to spend on medical expenses tax-free but i think there's been a real divide and probably back to your point in the industry of is this an employee benefit or is this an hsa right when we talk about employee benefits We don't see the difference between an insured plan and a self-insured
0: HSA. They're the same. They're both methods of giving an employee benefits. They're just different
2: structures and ways to do it. And so we don't really consider ourselves a health spending account
1: provider. We consider ourselves an employee benefit, self-insured provider. Yeah, and you know what? I'm I've got another question a little further down. I want to get through um, some other acronyms first, but that's that's a good point. I'll come back to that. So we've talked about an HSA, and of course now, you know, there's PSAs, there's WSAs. Can you walk us through maybe what those are and how that differs from your traditional healthcare spending account?
0: So PSA or WSA is just a wellness account. So the difference between the health spending account and a WSA or PSA is that the wellness spending account is a taxable benefit, where the HSA is a non-taxable benefit to the employee. The cool thing about wellness accounts, and I'll tell a little story on how we actually got into it. We were doing wellness accounts even when we were advisors running our own paper-based health and welfare trust, and partially it was due to Tim. So I had probably a 150-person home building company in Calgary here that we had benefits and then we had a health spending account, and they actually came to us with what we provided and said, can you run our wellness account that we do in-house? And my background, I came from accounting in oil and gas, and I kind of told them, like, why would you pay me? to run your claims through a taxable thing. Like you can do that on your own with the spreadsheet. And they actually educated us and said, but we don't want to. We want to to kind of put out the parameters of the plan, have them go through you so that the person at the company isn't the the watchdog and saying yes and no to wellness-related claims. We'd we'd happily pay the 10% fee and let you run it all and take care of it all alongside is the health spending account so the cool thing with it is a with a wellness spending account is it can literally be whatever the employer wants to offer inside of the wellness plan. and being a software company that's where we've been really able to be creative with it and the fact that we let the advisor work with the client and create whatever list they want and it can be very specific for example we've got one that a
1: company in Saskatchewan that just offers a WSA for pet insurance because they love pets. pet daycare, pet daycare. Oh yeah, wow! Right? Yeah, so they think about it. The, half the employees think he's crazy.
2: The other half love it. Of course, who gives an expense. Who gives an employee benefits for your pet's daycare? Yeah. But he- the fundamentals of this company is they love it. And they love pets, and they want them taken care of, so it becomes a benefit, not something
1: that he provides his employee. And it's a differentiator as an employer as well, I imagine.
2: Absolutely well Tim
0: tell the story to, yeah yeah
2: how yeah, we, we got it where wellness really resonated in our my Wsa program is I was sitting in the airport one day I can't remember where I was going but there was a lady sitting there going I'm moving over to this new company it's so cool they pay for my gym membership under their benefit program and if you think about that they're not they're not paying for the person's gym membership they're just giving them a taxable allowance that they can spend on their gym membership. But the way it's positioned within the program, it becomes part of the employee benefits program and part of what the benefits of working for that employer is. So it's a different conversation. I always say, give an employee $250 a year, as a raise, they could care less. Give
1: them $250 to spend on their gym membership, it becomes an employee benefit. Yeah, you're, you know, you're absolutely right about that perception. We have a client in Toronto, very young demographic, had a traditional plan, and and he's going to be a future podcast guest, actually. One of my clients is going to come on and just talk about exactly that. They went with an HSA and a wellness site or, or a personal spending account. And I was at a re, you know his open house recently, and I asked him about how are things going. And he said, it is phenomenally well how it's been received. Exactly to your point, they get so excited that – you know yoga fees are covered or hey that bike that i needed to commute to work because i want to live a healthier lifestyle i was able to put that through my plan and you're right that goes so much further than hey we got this two percent raise for you so i think it's really opened up a whole new world to these employers about hey what can i deliver that's going to add value to my employees lives right and also to speak on that it should be where the other benefits are. This is one of the big
2: problems with HSAs, WSAs, anything that's out there, is that they were really so treated separately from the Employee Benefits Program. The reality is they are the employee Benefit Program, so they should be meshed with an advisor that understands the company and the wants and needs of what the benefit plan is trying to accomplish. And that's why it's important that the My HSA software we have it for advisors to be able to mesh with the employee benefits rather than fighting The benefits program that's that's been offered which is this industry has been based on yeah we've always felt like in years past there's always been a almost a battle in that get rid of your insurance and use an
0: HSA instead where we were advisors what we believe is there's a total need and purpose for insurance and then all the different modules you can do like an HSA WSA flex plans You can accompany an insured plan with that, and the whole employee benefit experience goes up drastically. And it also helps with problems with cost increase year over year, as well as the multiple generationals that are in the workforce. So an HSA can serve those that might need the health dental vision, where a WSA can serve those that don't necessarily need it yet, but still find value in their benefit plan. It also addresses
1: that. You bring up a really good point and one of the questions that I I wanted to ask you and you guys have led into it very well. I have a lot of clients listening and of course hopefully some prospects listening that are coming from traditional plans and and may or may not have had experience with this type of plan. I guess one of my questions as an employer it would be, and, and you've partially answered it already, where does this all fit in? Is it an all or nothing? We either go HSA route or we go, we go insured route. Maybe you guys can talk about the hybrid plans we're starting to see as well. So maybe start with is it all or nothing or is there a blend that kind of can make everybody happy?
2: Yeah, it was never meant to be all or nothing. I think the original intent and the understanding of the industry that it was all or nothing. But I think it's because where they were facilitated. You want to go buy insured benefits, you buy it through your advisor. You want to go buy an HSA or a WSA or whatever else? You go to your advisor; they refer you to somebody, and then they're they're almost they're not complementary anymore. They're two separate plans. We always say if you're uncomfortable with an HSA or a spending account, why don't you just start out small? You know, give a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars or whatever you want to do to top up the insured plan, and then really start looking at where the insured plan doesn't make sense or vice versa, and coordinate the two of them together. So carve out a little bit of dental, vision, do things like that. There's big things like medicinal marijuana. We're one of the only platforms, or probably the only platform that you can offer an HSA and strip out marijuana under my defined program. So some employers aren't on board with marijuana. But on the other token, some of the insurance companies trying to get medicinal marijuana, they don't understand it. They don't care to understand it. So you can take things like where an insurance company has a tough time understanding things like medicinal marijuana, put that under a spending account. And so they're meant to be coordinated. And anybody tells you it's one or the other, they're, they're just not getting the whole concept behind
1: them. One of the things that I, I, I did want to, and I'm kind of jumping around in my notes, but I think it's important for especially clients out there to to hear. We've been talking about what's in it for employers, what's in it for employees, and there's a lot of flexibility. And one of the things that you guys maybe you could just talk about briefly that you introduced quite recently is the ability for charitable donations. Yeah,
2: do you, okay, if I talk about – it's an interesting story on that, Robin. My charity has been a brainchild of Steve and I since before I sold my property and casualty insurance company, right before. And where it came back was, is we were driving back from Edmonton looking at my financial statements because I was selling the company. Steve was kind of my confidant on that. And uh, we looked at charitable donations. We'd spent $25,000 donating to charities. And Steve made an odd comment of, I didn't even know you guys supported charities. And I said, well, as an employer spending $25,000, that's kind of dumb. That Steve the employee doesn't even know that we're supporting them. So the idea behind my charity is is that we built an API with a company called Canada Helps or tied in with a company called Canada Helps. When you're building a benefits plan you're building the HSA you're building a WSA flex plan whatever it is you can add on charitable donations allowances to an employee but as an employer you can go through the list Figure out what employers you want corporately to be able to sponsor or what organizations you want to sponsor. But rather than cutting a check to those uh, donation companies the charitable networks, you can allocate the money to the employee. The employee gets to spend the employer's money doing things that both make them feel good, as in supporting charities. So as the employer, they can pick four charities that corporately they want to support, but rather than sending those companies a check, they can allocate it within the digital platform. When the employee first logs in, they say, of the four, this is who I want to support or break up the money and be able to support them that way. Does that make sense? That's really cool. So it's exactly that.
1: It's a cool part to add to a benefits program. We've successfully made employee benefits include charities, and charitable donations. That's really cool. And I think I think that's so forward thinking. And I think you know, I think you'll get a lot of value out of that when speaking to employees. Which brings up the point. I'm sitting here, and I'm going to play devil's advocate. But and you know, I am a business owner. I serve as business owners. But if I'm a business owner, whether or not I have a benefits plan today, whether I'm sitting with a traditional plan, I want to take two perspectives. I want to say, I'm sitting down with you guys. I say, guys, what is the benefit to me as an employer for implementing a plan like this? And then second perspective, as an employee, why am I going to like something like this? Why is this appealing to me? Are you
2: speaking specifically of my charity, Robin, just to
1: clarify? No, no, sorry, sorry, I should have specified. If I'm looking at the healthcare spending account, the personal spending account route as an employer, why would I be looking at this? What's appealing about it? I, I think
2: because, especially with this economy, and I know you're not feeling as much in Ontario, we're definitely feeling it in Alberta. Or employers are looking for things that differentiate their compensation package to their employees, but not necessarily stripping back on what the employees love. What a spending account does is allows the employer to take their traditional insurance plan and, I mean, I'm not from insurance, I don't really understand benefits insurance that well. I understand the, the ins and out of it. But if you look at most of them, they are very boilerplate in how they're put together. What a spending account does is allow an employer to say, we're gonna give the things that are important to the employee as our core benefits to protect them, but we're gonna allow them to have some flexibility in what they can actually provide within the benefits program. So not just 80% dental or whatever it is, you can define the WSA, you can define the HSA, and then just add it on to what a core plan is and make the employee feel better about what they're getting. We're actually doing a lot within that. We're trying to do a more of an employee-driven marketplace where there's more choice for the employee to be able to buy what they want from the benefits bucket or the the buy marketplace is what we're calling it, but still using the employer's money. If you think of like an Amazon-style program where an employee gets to say, I get to pick my benefits, I don't care what anybody says. That's one of the most powerful benefits programs you could get. Plus, just to add on that too is – So you get the ability in whichever, if it's a MyFlex or accumulation of all these different plans, you get two things, two outcomes that
0: you know as benefit advisors are being asked of you every year, every renewal meeting, which is how do we maintain costs for the next future? Because you're working with a client on a 10-year basis. How can we control costs in an uncertain future with insurance? but also in that same token, how do we provide flexibility and a benefit that my employees actually want? With a spending account or a spending account scenario, you can actually effectively do both of those things. And year after year, uh, from an advisor standpoint, you can actually tweak it. So you can pull back, if you want more insured benefit, you can reduce the spending account, and that's a fixed cost, or vice versa. If you want to like if vision in an insurance plan, premiums don't make sense, but you want to port over a part of that value in a spending account, you can do that. So you're always, you can play
2: with the levels of self-insurance versus insurance, but in the end, the employer gets the cost certainty and the employees get the flexibility, which is high on any benefit survey list that they're looking for. And that's to Steve's point, exactly why it has to be with the advisor. Because if you're fighting each other on what you should implement, you don't have the right data, you're not collecting it. There's no point in trying to strip it out. You're just guessing what makes sense. I totally agree. The advisor's the one who chooses the levers, whether it's an insurance, heavily weighted insurance, and that can be like
0: certain companies will want more insurance than say a spending account, where a different company with a different philosophy and a different workforce might totally gravitate towards a heavy wellness plan or spending account. But the advisor's in control of that with the and working with the client and knowing what the right mix is. But we do believe that it's a mix in employee benefits. And we want to give people more tools in the toolbox
1: to meet the whatever the needs are for the employer and the employees. What I like about that as an advisor is you're exactly right. I mean, it gives you a higher level of engagement with your client because you're sitting down and saying okay here's what's important to us here's about our corporate culture here's what we want to support and you know we're talking about charitable donations compared to the old boilerplate hey here's your plan i'm not going to find out as much about that client with that type of traditional plan that hey here you go and maybe there's one or two tweaks along the way so that's really interesting guys As we're chatting, I'm just looking at your logo, the My HSA logo. And of course, right below it, it says flexible digital benefits. And I think, you know, the first word really captures... What you guys have built in the flexibility, and you've just done a really good job of summarizing as an employer the flexibility that I have, the engagement that I get with my employees from an employee's perspective. I'm getting things that are important to me. Which, if I'm looking at two separate employers, the one that's going to allow me to make some of those choices or a lot of those choices that's going to be a lot more appealing to me, right? Absolutely, totally, and I do think that even for a younger generation in the workforce and coming
0: into the workforce, and this is where I think my charity is and will be a big component of it, is they're looking to see how, you know, corporate social responsibility, like, and this can even be for small companies like Tim's scenario, which is, does my employer donate or is involved with charities and has some level of corporate social responsibility and even better, and the company can say, yes, we do, And we'll let you be the steward of what our corporation, where our funds go and who we support. And the younger demographic workforce, I think that that's only more and more important. So you need to be adding to these tools with the flexibility for the health dental vision stuff, insurance. And then as well, thinking outside of the box with things like charity and as well, Bringing the advisor along in a digital space to facilitate
1: all these things. Yeah, absolutely. You guys are very good at leading me to my next question because, you know, you're talking about thinking about outside the box. So what's next for my HSA? You kind of alluded to it. We're really excited about what we're doing right now. So
2: we're doing two things I'll touch on. We strongly feel that the world of coordinating between insurance companies, advisors, and spending accounts, if you look at some of the large Sanofi things out there and all the charts on where people are using their benefits, I think a lot of the information is not collected because there's so many HSA providers that are all over the country doing their own thing. So when they're collecting that data on where people are spending their benefits, That's missed, and we, with a digital platform, are able to start tying that information in to try and figure out where exactly people are spending their benefits. So that's one thing. That's more of a data play that we're looking at. Where we're really excited, as we alluded to, is is My Marketplace. We are building an employer-funded program in which the employee can pick and choose the benefits that they want to buy within our platform. And facilitate all those so if you're an employer that doesn't want to offer our partners well for telemedicine they can say we won't offer it at a corporate level but what my marketplace is going to say we're not going to offer it to you but we're going to give you a thousand dollars you can go into the my marketplace and begin to pick and choose the benefits that you want in addition to the core products that as an employer we feel are important for you to have does that make sense
1: yeah absolutely no that's that's very cool i look forward to hearing from that you know i'm big fans of you guys and i and i love seeing what Thank you're you. doing and, and especially you know now that you're on the podcast i've subscribed to that one so i'm so thrilled that you guys were able to come on the show i thought we'd wrap it up there if people want to get in touch with you hopefully my clients are getting in touch with me first but if there's other people listening they want to get in touch with you find out a little more about uh, my what's the best way to reach you guys we are pretty easy to get a hold of my emails to kim at get
2: Steve's Steve's steve at myhsa.com we're very available on linkedin facebook all the social medias what you'll find is that we
1: may be a digital company but we're probably the easiest people in the world to get a hold of i would agree with that so <laughs> guys thanks so much we'll wrap it up there all right, friends, that does it for another show. Can't believe all the great feedback we get. Keep it coming. It, it helps uh, shape what we talk about and who we have on the show. Be sure to check out our website, www.ariabenefits.ca. We have post all the podcasts up there. Of course, we are on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. You can reach me at rbailey at ariabenefits.ca or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn. We'll see you next time on The Benefits Corner.